5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Counting you down to ECU baseball coming up tonight. And they're wearing what? Lavender. Lavender-ish uniforms. They're eye-catching. I can't wait to see Coach Godwin in these new unis, personally. So we'll get you out to the uh, new park in Kannapolis. Home of the now Cannonballers, used to be the Intimidators. And uh, they're playing ball out there. Six o'clock, first pitch against Queens. And uh, the Pirates will uh, try to get off this uh, midweek schneid as they take on the uh, Queens Ball Club. Three and eight coming in, and uh, East Carolina will have uh, an opportunity to pick up their first uh, midweek win of the year, if you will. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's nice to have you with us. We're going to have some uh, fabulous prizes to give away in just a little bit, so stand by to dial for that. We also have a pirate report coming up for you in this uh, program, and we've got uh, Michael Perry joining us uh, here in just a few minutes as we'll uh, preview ECU basketball coming up on Thursday. Now, uh, we'll have uh, maybe a, a bite or two from uh, Mike Schwartz from earlier today on the, our Pirate Report, but uh, ECU's playing a very uh, talented USF team for the uh, third time this year, and we'll try to beat them for the first time this season, Will East Carolina, uh, in the 8-9 game coming up, 12:30 on Thursday. We'll have coverage right here Thursday uh, at noon on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT up and down the ECU radio network. Looking forward to uh, the postseason with Mike Swartz, his first uh, conference tournament as a head coach. We'll see how uh, the Pirates, who I think uh, have responded well all year and really kind of ran out of gas against a uh, UCF team that was getting its act together, We'll get Mike Perry's thoughts on all of this uh, going into uh, the uh, the matchup. Now, we will not be here tomorrow. Pirate Baseball is going to be on uh, your airwaves, and they will uh, preempt us as ECU takes on the uh, Elon Phoenix. I'll be playing them uh, in Elon America tomorrow. Uh, the Pirates and the uh, Phoenix will be uh, doing battle. That... Uh, Time is at 4 o'clock, so it's a 3.45 airtime tomorrow from Latham Park, Atrium Health Park, the uh, site of tonight's uh, game, as the Royals of Queen and the Pirates of ECU do battle for the first time uh, ever. Yes, it does uh, in the ACC. Boy, yikes. Wake Forest will play tomorrow. Uh, North Carolina plays tomorrow. NC State plays 
tomorrow. Duke will play the next day. And uh, the winner of the game going on right now is who UNC will play tomorrow. Pirate women know who they're going to be playing tonight as uh, Tulane will be the opponent. That's a 9 o'clock tip from the women's uh, tournament in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. All right, let's uh, give away a pair of uh, tickets to each one of the games coming up this weekend in the series against Liberty. So a pair of tickets to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Also a uh, Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. And your chance to win them before you buy them. Slightly stupid and sublime with Rome and special guest atmosphere, the movement. Uh, that will be on August 6th in Wilmington at Live Oak Bank Pavilion. We'll give you a pair of tickets to that, too. If you're caller 3, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, entertainment now and in the future, and some uh, Good Eats Chico's. Uh, whenever you want, if you're caller three, pirate report ahead. Dan Patrick mornings, Adam Gold middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU baseball coming your way in just a little bit. We're uh, sending you out to Atrium Health Park, Queens, uh, playing host to East Carolina. First ever matchup. Coach Godwin uh, appearing last night on the Inside ECU Athletics Radio program from Logan's Roadhouse. Coach Godwin offering praise to Josh Groves on the program who struck out 10 on Sunday. He was awesome. Um, you know, I think that's his, you know, longest outing in a long time. And he pounded the strike zone. He had really good stuff. And his pitch count was up, I think, 99 pitches um, when he came out. He hadn't given up any hits. But we want to protect his arm for a long season. Yeah. So uh, we went to the bullpen. Coach, talking about the Josh Moylan Grand Slam on uh, last night's radio show. I didn't know if it was going out when he hit it, but I knew we'd score some runs off of it, which was the most important thing. But Josh has really been seeing the ball well. He actually hit a ball on Saturday that if the wind had been dead or been blowing out, that would have went off the center field wall, that we would have scored another run, or it could have been a home run as well. So he's been swinging it well and hasn't had a ton to show for it, but he's definitely seen the ball really good. And uh, Coach G with the recap of the eight-run outburst late in the game against Georgetown on Sunday. And it really started with uh, Joey Barini, which I call Shaq. Um, uh, we can talk about why we call him Shaq, but he had a tough at bat walk, and then Amac followed up with a walk, and then we got some good fortune with uh, J-Dub blooping a ball in, and then the inning just spiraled out of control for Georgetown, which was a good thing. Busy week ahead. Coach Godwin discusses uh, that from the radio program last night, and it's a time of year, especially a week like this, where you're just going out and playing a lot. You're really not working on a lot of mechanical stuff this time of the year. It might be something very small, but more about approach, mindset, cleaning up some things that we might have messed up, like a bump play in a game and talking about it with the team and talking about how we should execute it. But you don't have a lot of practice days. Today was our off day. They, you know, optionally lifted because they got to get their bodies ready to go. But it's not like we could practice today. And then you play Tuesday, Wednesday, get back late Wednesday night. They'll lift on Thursday. We'll have a short practice on Thursday, and then you're right into the weekend. That game coming your way tonight at 6 o'clock, a 545 airtime right here on 94.3 The Game. So Coach Swartz addressed the media today prior to the team leaving for uh, Texas to participate in the American Athletic Conference Tournament. We'll hear some of his comments in just a bit. Ben Biella has uh, been out 
with what is being termed a non-COVID uh, ailment, sickness. So uh, unknown his status at this point. R.J. Felton is day-to-day. It appears right now with uh, his ankle injury suffered against uh, Central Florida. And Javon Small does not look likely to return. With all that said, Coach Schwartz, excited about this time of year as uh, everybody zero and zero entering conference tournament week. Heck of a stretch uh, coming off of last week with uh, four games in eight days and three in five days and two of them being on the road. So that was a pretty unique stretch we just had. Um, but you know what? At conference tournament time, best time of the year for college basketball. Everybody's uh, zero and zero in terms of starting fresh so we, we got back and we recharged regrouped re-energized refocused most importantly and head to see uh for thursday's game versus usf coach asked about uh the two matchups earlier against uh, south florida which the bulls captured both games that they have dynamic score scoring ability in bunches and that ended up being i don't want to call it the difference because you know obviously we lost both games but both games we had a lead in the second half of that game, we were up by one, and they go on a, a quick 10-0 run. We never can get back in it. You know, we chip and fight back to six or seven, but we couldn't get back in it. Uh, and Tyler Harris was a big part of that. Then in Tampa a few weeks ago, we get off to a great start. It's a good first half, competitive first half. Last three minutes of the first half, they go on the same run. Uh, they go on basically a 10-0, you know, r- roughly a 10-0 run. Uh, they end up up double digits, and uh, we never could fight back. We could knock it down to seven or eight in the second half again, late in the game. But their ability to score in bunches, they're so good on offense, starting with Tyler Harris, anchored inside by, by Shua. So, and they have so many good players uh, on the wings. That, you know, they're the third best offensive rebounding team in the league. So they, not only can they get it up and they can score and shoot the ball, but they go rebound it. So uh, just great respect for Coach Gregory and their program. And, uh, you know, they beat us twice. And, and we know we got our work cut out for us headed into this game. As far as the game plan, talking about dealing with uh, Harris, who's let the Pirates up a couple times, uh, or just trying to take other options away, this was uh, Coach Swartz's reaction to that. I think you can go in with any game plan you want uh, in terms of saying, hey, we got to take him out or make it here or there. The bottom line is this. If Harris gets going for them, it's very difficult for us to stop. I mean, he's had two big games versus us. But if you just focus on him, they have way too many weapons. Uh, Shua has hurt us. Uh, Miguel has hurt us. Bryant has hurt us. So we, they, they, they got a dynamic offensive team. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they, they mix and match with their zone defense and their man defense. Again, they're a really good offensive rebounding team. We have to be solid. We have to be solid. We have to execute game plan. We have to do the job. And, and you know, you got to hope that uh, we can contain it's very difficult just to shut down anybody's particularly really good team like that. We just hope we can keep contain their, you know, their, their production. Jaden Walker has uh, taken over at the point, and obviously the first matchup in Greenville was after the Javon Small uh, injury. So what kind of influence can Walker have on this game? First time we played South Florida at home was the first game that Javon Small was out. It was coming back after that Cincinnati game. And, uh, you know, Jaden Walker at that point was playing zero point guard. Uh, you know, he really just said none. He was still playing on the wing. Heck, he was still playing a little bit in our front court as we were playing small. Second time we played him, we went back and watched the beginning of that game. Caleb LeCount got off to a great start. He really did great things for us. You know, as the game went, uh, you know, Harris got going, their guards got going, getting down to the paint. you got to keep them out of the paint because when they get in the paint, they're really difficult to contain. They're spreading the ball out. They're spraying it around. They run in transition. 
So, but that being said, Jaden Walker's playing his best basketball this season, both offensively and defensively. So you hope that's something that gives us a different dynamic that maybe we didn't have quite as much in those games. I think that's an excellent point. And then uh, Coach Schwartz was ultimately asked about does uh, the stretch where they played four and eight and uh, three and five, does that uh, maybe prepare them in any way, help them in any way for uh, a, a scenario where the Pirates would have to play four consecutive games in order to, uh, to to ultimately make it to the NCAA tournament? Not if we play the way we played Sunday. You know, we don't want that to be because that, that didn't turn out very well. But you know what it is? It, it definitely shows how difficult it is. I think this team, you know, not from a minute standpoint, you know, we're not very deep. We don't play a lot of guys. So you wouldn't look on paper and say that, hey, they're built to play more than one game. Right now we've got to focus on one game, and that's all that matters. Can we find a way to, to go compete in that game? But if we were fortunate or if it was a situation where we played multiple games, I love the mental resiliency of this team. I love the toughness of this team. I mean, four games in eight days, starting with Houston last week. And then, you know, I thought, you know, basically we were right there in that Wednesday, in that Friday night game at Tulane. And, and there was some things that happened in the last three minutes of that game that made it difficult to come out of there with, you know, with a road win. But uh, I thought for 80 straight minutes, we really competed at a high level. Did it... Uh, you know, did, did it get some leery w- uh, legs on Sunday, weary legs on Sunday? Maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, we just focused on one game right now, and, and we got to be at our best on Thursday. One other note from today, uh, Pirate transfer corner Malik Fleming has announced his commitment to Houston. East Carolina has lost uh, 13 defensive players to the portal or due to their eligibility uh, being expired. Uh, that was a group that had over 200 starts, had a lot of stalwarts uh, in it. Fleming was one of those. Uh, Pirates have been able to get uh, new defenders into the program. Nine, though, are from the prep ranks. Six others were transfers. And those transfers should be able to help maybe fill some holes in the secondary where three starters and a couple of key backups have uh, departed. Uh, we will see. Uh, more on this later on in a future edition to the Patrick Johnson show, but that obviously does play a little bit of a part in, uh, in what is going on uh, with uh, pirate uh, football and uh, some of the questions and uh, in many ways, some of the excitement going into uh, next season. Speaking of excitement, a fifth straight year for the Farmville central Jaguars getting to the state championship game. Congratulations to uh, the Jags. We'll have coverage for you beginning uh, on uh, well, the game tips from 2.30 in Chapel Hill. So we'll have coverage for you on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB, this Saturday from the Dean Dome. Coverage of Farmville Central and the state championship game is brought to you by our great friend Tony Moore, Creighton Commercial, proud owners of the Brightleaf Shopping, uh, Brightleaf Shopping Center in Farmville, Auto Store of Farmville in Greenville, Mosquito Authority, the town of Farmville, Jack A. Farrier Steelworks, Pitt Green Electric Membership Corporation, Pierce Insurance, Hobbs Insurance, Farmville Flower Basket, and NC Farm Bureau Insurance of Farmville. Again, 2.30 on Talk 103.7 WTIB. That'll be Saturday as Farmville Central looks to wrap up another state title. Uh, Let us grab a uh, timeout, and when we uh, return, Mike Perry. Analyst on the ECU Radio Network for Pirate Basketball will be with us. Coming up Thursday, and you'll hear coverage beginning at noon right here on 94.3 The Game. 
Also 107.9 WNCT, the 100,000-watt flagship of Pirate Athletics. Uh, it'll be ECU basketball, and the Pirates looking to avenge the uh, couple defeats to South Florida in the AAC tournament from Fort Worth, Texas. Mike Perry, analyst on the radio network, and uh, the coach joins us right now here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, coach, great to talk to you again. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us. Uh, man, it's great to uh, spend some time with you, for sure. So I, I want to start. I'm a big Mike Perry fan. I'm a, I'm a Mike Perry fan. I, I think you're dynamite okay. on the air. You know this. I, you. I think you're dynamite on the air. And I don't think uh, people realize you're, you, the last few weeks since our, our friend Jeff Charles' untimely passing, that you have you've kind of worked with different announcers, guys that you 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 know maybe have not worked with. In a couple of cases, you've worked with multiple times now, but people don't get how hard that is because radio is so intimate, and radio is uh, so um, it's such a different art than basketball or than, than television. Uh, that uh, you know it's it's tough to get the cadence down and all that. But I think you're you're doing a great job, and I love the interviews. I love when Coach Perry's on the interviews because you got great insights. So. Let me let me tip my hat to you, Coach. First of all, because I know you're uh, you you work real hard at this and are, are great in game analyst. I mean, it's like you've been doing it for a hundred years. But um, but just let me give me a little tip of the hat off the jump here with that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And really classy. What other uh, our brethren in the American have done for for Jeff Charles before these games where the Pirates have been the road team here the last few weeks. I I, I heard you mention that on uh, Sunday, and I wanted to give you a chance to to, to say it here on our show because I think folks uh, in Pirate Nation need to know that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's been awesome, man. The uh, the tributes that they've done to Jeff Charles, and it speaks it it speaks to the relationship certainly that he has. With the uh, with other radio crews around uh, around the, uh, the league, but it speaks more importantly to the respect that not only their radio crew but just their programs in general have for Jeff Charles. You know, who's you know he, he's an ambassador for East Carolina University. I mean, he's the front porch of your athletic program, and um, and to see the outpouring of support from uh, opposing teams. I mean, where they have a moment of silence and his picture is on the video screen. Uh, I mean, it's awesome to be able to see that type of tribute. I haven't seen anything like that. And, uh, I mean, it's just really been impressive. and speaks volumes about uh, how well thought of the ambassador, in my words, for East Carolina University athletic program, Jeff Charles. You know, uh, Jeff was uh, such a meticulous professional and, you know, had such a, a cadence but a, a unique enthusiasm that still persisted for calling games. And you only, well, of course, you know Jeff from the time where you were on the staff and then working with him on the radio show uh, and, and, you know, pregame interviews. But then working with Jeff the last couple of years, what, what is kind of, I mean, what, what is, when people ask you about Jeff Charles, what stands out to you, Mike? Well, I mean, first of all, he's a, he's a warm and friendly personality. And uh, I think I've said this before, and I, I use the, the, the biblical scripture, he who calls himself a friend will first show himself friendly. And I said, Jeff Charles embodied that scripture. Uh, to meet him, you instantly become a friend of his. I mean, very genuine, 
very transparent, uh, just a, a great guy. And so there was a comfort level associated with it because you know the guy was genuine and you know the guy was transparent. And you know, he had a way of becoming friends with so many people. Uh, I saw with just the different people uh, within an arena, you know, that work games and the staff and uh, other teams opposing coaches. I mean, I can't tell you how many coaches told me over, uh, over you know, the last year or two, particularly after Jeff Bass, that they typically don't talk to other teams' radio people. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of going by the by the by the sidelines now. A lot of times they're having to find somebody other than coaches to talk to. Uh, coaches talk to Jeff Charles. Uh, they knew he was genuine. Uh, they knew the guy was impartial. I mean, he was a great guy and an honest guy. And it just spoke volumes about him. And I saw it just from working with him. Uh, what you see is what he, is what you get. He is everything that you thought about him. And, and that's what really kind of uh, bore his head to me in terms of my relationship working with him, that he was everything that I thought he was. And I already had a good relationship with Jeff anyway from uh, working with him over the years. And spending time with him, but having a chance to work with him and seeing his preparation and his attention to detail and uh, how well researched he was, uh, he was a great guy on top yeah. of all of that. It was, it was a great experience. Well, you guys worked together like you'd been together for uh, years. So I think that's a credit to, to both of you. And, uh, you know, we all miss Jeff uh, very, very much. Uh, so I, I know it's been particularly. Uh, tough on you uh but uh thank you for talking about this here and uh let's talk some ball you want to do that let's talk some yeah, talk yeah, some pirate basketball okay look the end of the regular season that's an nba schedule and it just was a tough deal after the grind that is february so i don't think sunday was indicative of what the pirates the level the pirates have been playing at here lately coach so um it, Look, UCF had a lot to do with that. They're kind of healthy now. They're talented. Give me your assessment at the uh, end of the regular season here. Well, again, just to just to touch back on what you just mentioned about that, um, you know, that in, that 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 schedule here at the end, it was a meat grinder, I called it, and uh, <laughs> you know, they have to they have to face uh, those four teams, and not only. In the time frame, you know, four games within about six days, six or seven days, you have four games. But then the opponents that you're facing, the number one team in the country, well, we know that and everything that they're about and who they are. And um, and that was unbelievable um, matchup and uh, and game. But then you follow that up with Tulane, who was one of the elite level teams in the league, going into this meat grinder. They were on, you know, they were right there for second or third in the league and they finished up third, but I mean, they were in a, they were in a tug of war with Memphis for second place at the time. So again, elite level team. And then you finish it off with central Florida who started the season off uh, ranked as one of the elite level teams. They, they battled injuries throughout the year. They're finally getting healthy. Uh, they've had three or four games that they could have won very easily went down to the very last possession. So instead of uh, seven wins or eight wins, uh, they could easily have, 11 or 12, and uh, they're playing at the level in which people thought they were going to be playing at at the beginning of the season. So they were a terrific team. So, uh, I mean, you couldn't have asked for worse opponents to play in four games in six or seven days. I also think, Coach, um, 
we'll know a little more about R.J. Felton as we get closer. But, you know, R.J., we hope's 100% okay. But what a year, what a really finish, not even so much finish to the year, but just he has really stepped up in the time that uh, Javon Small has been out and, and has emerged as maybe the leader of the program. Yeah, right now that's the case for sure. Uh, it was um, Brandon Johnson there for a while, but hasn't been as consistent as we would like for BJ to be. Uh, but he's but he's had a, he's had a terrific year in his in his own right. But RJ Felton has really stepped it up and gone another notch since Javon uh, went down. And it's great to see. I mean, it's in, in fact, I don't know if many people realize this. His play has been at such a high level, such an exemplary level that teams are really beginning to game plan for him. And, and and not just a regular game plan. I mean, they're trying to do everything they can to take the ball out of his hands. And you're seeing teams double-team him because ECU does a great job of coach washing in their offensive schemes and attacks. And one of the things they like to do is isolate him in the middle of the floor, which makes it sometimes difficult for teams to double. And he also can score the ball quickly there. That's kind of in his wheelhouse. But teams were double-teaming. Uh, him when he caught the basketball. And sometimes, regardless of the way he catches it on the floor. I mean, that doesn't happen for a lot of guys. He's become that type of a player where good teams, because sometimes good teams say, well, we'll just guard him off our guy. I mean, we don't care. We just guard, we got a guy on our team who can guard him. Well, good teams are sending two guys at R.J. Phillips. That's saying a lot about who R.J. Phillips has become. Uh, Coach, uh, Ezra Ozar is another one that uh, I think clearly – the best, what he's going to do is ahead of him. And, and look, that dunk he had against UCF, UCF on Sunday that kind of, you know, took it down. And, whoo, I mean, that's some big league stuff there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I thought, and there have been a few plays like this from ECU this year, but that's certainly one at the top of the list that I thought was ESPN top highlights of the, of the day quality. I mean, that was that was impressive to go coast to coast, almost kind of a sidestep a guy, and then reach over and dunk it like that. I mean, that was impressive. I mean, he, I mean, he he, he does some things out there uh, in games that, you know, that completely blow you away. But he's got a great feel around the basket, really uses the basket well to shield defenders off. Great at going underneath and scoring on the opposite side. Uh, he's best facing up uh, rather than with back to the basket. Um, but he's really quick, great first step. And uh, and defensively, he moves his feet as good as any big guy that I've seen in recent years. That's one of the first things that stood out to me when I saw him in practice. A couple of practices I went to initially, he was hurt. But when he eventually started playing and I saw him move his feet, I went, wow, his lateral quickness is is off the charts. And you don't see guys move like that with that size. And then you saw it reflected in his play, uh, his ability to be able to get by bigger defenders um, when he catches the ball and faces up has been impressive. And then he's quick to the basketball and something you really need uh, rebounding-wise, and that's the area where the Pirates have really uh, you know, made a mark for and established their reputation in this league, their ability to be able to rebound the basketball. They're second in the league in offensive rebounding, and a lot of it is the quickness to the basketball for both Ezra and R.J. Phil and, uh, and, and, and B.J., Brandon Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, we t- we're talking to Mike Perry, radio analyst, ECU Sports Network. Uh, Coach will be there 12:30 Eastern on Thursday for the call of ECU and South Florida. Let's talk the Bulls. Tyler Harris has really torched the Pirates this year, 
and, and I know the other the big kid has been effective as well, but but Harris seems to be the guy that makes them go. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's called it what it is. He's kind of had his way, and he's dictated the game. He scored the ball um, at a high level, and his penetration into the paint has created opportunities for his teammates, whether he's spraying it out for uncontested jump shots for the most part from his perimeter guys or dropping it off to his big. He also breaks your defense down when he gets into the middle, takes your guys out of positioning, and now allows uh, the opponents to be able to uh, not be in position to prevent the other teams uh, from getting on the glass. And that's something, because of Tyler Harris' penetration, it breaks your defense down in so many ways. And he's a little bit of a pest uh, defensively also. And he's got swagger, and the team feeds off of him. And he's got a lot of moxie, as a lot of small guards do. But uh, he he has what a lot of small guards have to have to be effective. He's dynamic on the offensive end. He's dynamic on the offensive end. And he's got a lot of confidence, which uh, it, 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 it transfers to the rest of the guys on the team. They feed off of that. And uh, he's had his way. But it'll be interesting to see now because uh, the Pirates are playing bigger now. You know, we haven't mentioned – we mentioned some of the other guys. We haven't mentioned Jaden Walker. Yeah. It's a good time to see. So mm-hmm. he's been playing terrific since he stepped in at the point guard spot. And no knock on the freshman, Caleb. Uh, he's a follow defender. Uh, a lot of teams in his league have – tried to attack him and he's fought hard I mean, but he hasn't been playing a lot here recently Jaden Walker has been playing a lot of minutes he went four games where he played 40 minutes consecutively in back to back to back to back games and uh, you, you don't see that a lot in college basketball today he did it and uh, but he's been playing at a great level he takes care of the ball, ball security uh, is really good when he's out on the floor, um, he's made plays, he's found a way to find offense downhill drives and he's shot has been falling. He's seen the ball go in, whether it's from layups or from free throws, and it's created some confidence in him. He's been able to make some shots, and he's been timely in terms of his three-point shooting. But Jaden Walker can really defend, defend multiple positions. He's got good size also. He hooked up on the glass. He's been a big key to the Pirates' play of late, and I think he's going to be a difference maker. Uh, I don't know how much, but we'll see. We're hoping a, a big difference maker mm-hmm. in his matchup with Tyler Harris, with a bigger defender on him, as opposed to having a smaller guy on him. You know, it's a brand-new season, Coach, and you alluded to uh, maybe Walker-Harris, that matchup. What are a couple of other things you think the Pirates will need to do to beat South Florida and, and advance on to play the number one team in the land, Houston? Shot quality is going to be important. you got to have good shots, and uh, you got to have better shot quality than your opponent has. Um, bigger teams like this sometimes have have done a good job of not allowing the Pirates to have second-chance opportunities. That's where the Pirates have had a lot of success uh, on the glass. I mean, you saw it against um, Tulane. You know, 17 offensive rebounds one game, 19 the other. They create second-chance opportunities. And if you can get those, I mean, you're gonna, you, typically you're going to score some points. And being able to have those is going to be a really big key for them. The question is, can you exercise your will against a bigger, more athletic team uh, like South Florida. Uh, Tulane, as good as they are, they're not a big team. Uh, they still have the kid Cross at 6'8", who I, I've said he's not 6'8". Now, me and him look eye to eye. I'm 6'5". I know <laughs> Cross is 6'8". Uh, kid Pope, I think they list him at 6'6", six, six, seven. Again, we're eye to eye. I'm 6'5". Right. And it says a lot about those guys and that they're able to play bigger and they do a good job, but they're not 6'8". And, uh, and, and it also caused – it was a problem – 
uh, for them because the Pirates really had a size advantage against them in the shoulder on the glass, and the Pirates were quicker to the ball than them also. But uh, softball is a bigger, more athletic team. Being able to get some second-chance opportunities against that team will be important. Uh, that would tell a lot. Uh, and if, if you're not getting those, you're going to have to have good shot quality. Uh, we're going to have to get some penetration. Uh, we're going to have to uh, have some good patience in terms of getting a good shot and also making sure that you're, you're willing to give up a good shot so your buddy can have a great shot. That's going to be really important because, I mean, you can't shoot uh, 35% against a team like that and beat them. You got to uh, get into the 40 percentile of shooting. And then defensively, you got to do a good job on Tyler Harris, obviously. You cannot let him exercise his will, whether he's scoring it or getting into the paint with his penetration. And chew away, you got to put a body on him so he's got a presence on the glass. And you got to make him uh, force him, as big as he is, you got to make him catch the ball a little further out of his comfort zone uh, so he's not scoring as comfortably as he can. Because they, they got a heck of a a one-two combination, but they got some other good players on that team. It's a good matchup for the Pirates, even though South Florida has beat them twice. It is a good matchup for the Pirates, but we've got to make sure that we shot quality. And then the most important thing, which was the problem against Central Florida, got to take care of the basketball. It hurt us against the second game late against Tulane. Mm -hmm. We had the three uh, turnovers, uh, which were all charges, you know, late in the game. And you had a lot of turnovers, live ball turnovers against uh, Central Florida, you can't have them against South uh, uh, South Florida as well because the athletic teams like that, when you have live ball turnovers, you might as well put two points on the board. Uh, they're just too quick, too athletic to transition too quickly. So you got to limit the turnovers, and uh, that's going to be really important. What's the what's the biggest height they ever listed you at? Tallest height? Uh, they, they listed me true to height six five. Okay, I just, all right. I, I remember an agent telling me. Yeah, they should have listed you at six seven, six 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 seven. Uh, it really would have helped your draft status. He said everybody else does it. That's what they should have done. <laughs> and uh, when I saw Tulane, I thought, okay, they're still doing it. <laughs> hey, coach, uh, thanks for the time. Always great to talk to you. Hey, for sure, man. Uh, look forward to it, man. One thing I'd like to add, really quickly. Yeah. One thing we don't talk enough about. The youth for this team. I mean, they're starting four sophomores and a freshman. Yeah. Man, I am really excited about this group, man. Really excited about this group. I'm, I'm nervous. They've been terrific this year. I've seen great signs from young players. And I tell you what, there's a lot to be happy about with this basketball program, man. The future looks really bright. Really great young talent uh, on that roster, man. So, And Coach does a great job with them. And uh, he has established a culture already that the guys around the league are talking about. I talk to the coaches, I'm friends with all these guys mm -hmm. on every team. Consistently, they say the same thing. These guys play hard, man. Really, they play as hard as anybody in this league. That's the culture that you want to establish. Coach has done that, and you got good young talent. Future looks bright for ECU basketball. Hey, Coach, thanks for the time. All right, take care. Thanks to Coach Schwartz. No show tomorrow. We have Pirate Baseball against Elon tomorrow. But right now, ECU Baseball coming up from Kannapolis, America. ECU will be on the diamond to take on Queens for the first time ever. 